Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 44 of the Stacey June Show. My guest today is Reiki master and yoga teacher, Marja Jacobson. Hello, my friends. I have another interview for you today. This is a goodie and a really interesting topic to break down and try and figure out how the F it actually rolls. I'm talking about Reiki and breathwork with my favorite yin yoga teacher here, Marja, and she's just such a gem. I can't wait for you to hear that chat. I want to say a big hello to those of you that are in, um, I'm in your ears each and every week and maybe several times a week. Um, We'll always love to hear about what you're enjoying on the show and I love seeing where you're listening. So make sure that you send me a pic uh, wherever you are in the world uh, listening to the show and also the bits and pieces that you're liking. I love hearing about your journey with it and just the bits that have connected. And I know that our guests often, if you send me a message saying, oh my God, I love this chat or I love this particular part of Self-Centered Sunday, um, if it is about guests, I make sure that I can forward it on to them. So they just feel juicy and um, and sparkly about the conversation and, and how it had some form of impact on you, which is exactly what I hope is happening. Um, shout out to those of you that are new to the show, uh, may have found me through Marja or Tully or somebody in the past few weeks, or maybe just randomly found me on Spotify, which I think is happening a little bit more recently. Uh, I am a podcaster. I'm a broadcaster. I do a bit of telly. I'm writing a book, a bit of everything, but I also do have started to do self-care coaching and trying to teach others a way to be able to form some form of a routine and commitment to themselves to be able to go deeper within. Uh, So this is a really interesting year for me. I am also trying to fall pregnant. I am um, in this place of complete surrender with the universe with my career, moving from a place of uh, very big amounts of strategy, uh, quite an intense environment. Um, I'm a radio broadcaster, I guess, by trade. And I did a show for many, many years or different shows for many years. So it was pretty intense. So it's been a different um, gear the last year or so. Um, I'm missing radio a little bit. So I haven't got anything new to update at the moment, but I I am kind of putting my vibes out there. So it is an exciting exciting time for me to try and find a balance within all of the bits and pieces that I love to do, but in this new wave and this new vibe that I find myself in, which is pretty calm, pretty chill and um, and is a nice way to live as an anxious person, that's for sure. Much, much healthier, let me tell you. Um, I guess I have really let go of a lot of things in my life that don't serve me. And when I say don't serve me, I mean that don't make me feel good, that make me feel anxious. If there's anything that's keeping you up at night, just remember that you really don't need to stay a part of it. There are a certain few things that I think if you prioritize in your life, whether it's a particular job, a particular relationship or friendship, 
and there could be a few of those. Uh, there could be something, a hobby or something that you're quite passionate about. There are a few things that you fight for and I think that's a really admirable thing. But I think there aren't, as you get older, you don't have the capacity to fight for everything and I don't think you have the capacity to fight for some things for a, like a long, long, long period of time. So my advice if you are trying to figure out a way to let go of something that you're finding hard, I certainly have had this experience over the past year and a half, is that how you give yourself a timeline of how long you're going to give until you really realize that it might be the best thing to let it go. And also make a priority of the things that you're, you think are worth fighting for. And if it doesn't fall under either of that timeline or that list, then let it go. It's okay. We do not need to hang on to everything in our life. We don't need to hang on to relationships. We don't need to hang on to jobs. We don't need to hang on to furniture and other crap that we have in our houses. Like we just are hanger-oners and I just think we don't need to and I think it doesn't necessarily mean that when you let go of things it's all better but it definitely isn't worse. You definitely don't end up regretting things that you let go that weren't serving you. It doesn't completely just eradicate any kind of thought process about things that were stressing you but the physical element often will go and it's just quite an important thing to remember that if you're an anxious person like me, your body is responding all the time and there might be a point where you get sick. So just be mindful that if there is something, like I said, that's keeping you up at night, it may not be worth the trouble. Okay, let's get on to my chat with Marja. She is my favorite yin yoga teacher. I moved to Sydney and had a very committed yin yoga practice in Melbourne. I found it hard to find someone that I loved. I did a Hatha and a yin class of Marja's. She also practices Reiki, uh, if you're lucky, (laughs) at the end of some of her classes. So her combo of breath and essentially slow movement, but beautiful like holds and a real spiritual energetic approach to yoga was was all me. I was so in and I just kind of fell in love with her. She's actually also been on The Bachelor, which is hilarious, um, but I don't think she's <laughs> renowned from that in our community. She uh, definitely um, has just really pinpointed herself as this kind of great combo of yoga teacher. I think that real spiritual principles of what yoga truly stands for with the physical element of that. So she practices in Sydney, but she also does retreats and events all around the world. You can find more information about her uh, at yoga with Marja, M-A-R-J-A.com. All of her events and different retreats and workshops and things are there. She does a lot of them with her partner now, which is really great. Um, And she's also teaching is regularly. She's just had a six-week-old though, so it may not be happening right at this point. Um, so we speak today about breath work and why the breath is such an underestimated part of our healing and our day-to-day ease. We really do I know a lot of people say we need to learn to breathe, we need to figure out how we're breathing correctly, but I don't think we often take such simple uh, realizations with the weight they deserve and how much you can be transformed by concentrating and learning proper breath work. She speaks about that. She also breaks down what Reiki is, what Reiki is to her 
and how she sees the benefits and the power behind this particular therapy. Um, We also talk about whether she can see energy and what it looks like to her when she's teaching it, how she teaches it. Um, There's just a heap of real conversations behind, I guess, a modality or a a form of uh, therapy that we often are left to wonder about or ponder about because so much of this kind of work that we might sign up to feels a bit like a psychic, like how do you actually know it's working or how are they doing it? And so many of these teachers are studying for years and years and continuing to study, but yet there isn't often places, you know, apart from podcasts, I think, where we really can break down, well, what is it that happens and how does it work from your perspective, which I find really fascinating. So give it a go. You may have never heard of Reiki before and want to figure out what it does and how it can help you. And And just also think about uh, some really quick, easy tips on how to change and be aware of your breath that could really change your life if you practice it day to day. So enjoy this chat with Marja. Uh, She's the dearest of dears. Like she's just such a gorgeous soul. And um, and I can't wait to just continue to have conversations like this with her. I I really, really uh, rate and respect her. So um, go and find her on Instagram if you like this chat and enjoy the conversation. Marsha, 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 welcome to my show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, beautiful. Wow, I remember coming to my, I moved to Sydney, I moved to Coogee almost five years ago, and we have a beautiful space called the Living Room, which is at the end of the beach. It looks out to the beach, it's very cliche, like it, it's very Sydney, very lucky. Mm. And I did your, I don't know if it was a Hatha class first and then I found your yin class and then I became a Maja yoga class hopper. Yes. Because there was just something about you that was so unique and I would really struggle to find a, a certain type of yin teacher since moving from Melbourne. Yeah. With yin, what do you think the relationship of yin is in Sydney? Because I feel like there's a bit of resistance. Like it's not – there aren't classes aplenty – yeah. I think there are classes, but they, they kind of go through the motion, which I don't think yin is. Yeah, totally. Look, it's, Sydney's definitely a vinyasa mm. city mm. because everyone's so, you know, hyped up. Everyone's – it's like they want to do yoga, but they don't really want to do yoga, like the yoga that you know. It's like a lot of people go to vinyasa practice or go to yoga – and they enjoy, they prefer classes that are strong, that are fast, because that's pretty much the most aligned with their lives at the moment. So I speak to, I spoke to my partner about this the other day. It's just like a lot of people go to yoga as more of a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. So they want to go to yoga um, because they leave the class and they feel great. Mm-hmm. And then they can go to sleep, get up, go to work and do the same thing the next day. So a lot of people the majority of people in Sydney don't really want to go into their stuff. Mm-hmm. They just want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Surface. And yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like 
and this is my experience personally and from what I see, vinyasa does for people. Yeah. Majority of vinyasa does for people. They move, they sweat, they get out of their heads, they feel better. Mm-hmm. And then they go to work the next day and they just get back up in their heads and it's this constant. But with yin, it's a little more confronting because it's slower. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes. It's slower. Um, it's quieter. You've got to look in a lot more. So that's why I kind of feel like it's not, as popular as vinyasa because mm. yeah just the majority of people are a little more fearful of the being still and the going inward and looking within mm. themselves which look fair enough it's yeah. not easy it's that 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 sitting in the discomfort actually like physically you know totally. you use that word all the time as a i don't know as a oh how hard is it to sit in the uncomfortable parts or the uncomfortable feelings but yin is a physical expression of of those emotions right exactly exactly and that's the best way that people can yeah relate to it because the physical body sounds so fun it does <laughs> i know i'm definitely going to yin <laughs> yin is awesome <laughs> it's life-changing yeah you know if you can't get to therapy you can't you know things are busy if you can if you can do a yin class once a week you know, that, that goes a long, long way. Totally. I think. Totally. Religiously, every week, mm. absolutely. And I think Sundays, um, oh. I used to teach Sunday night yin mm. before. before um, Which was incredibly special. There's yes. a different energy of people on Sundays, isn't there? 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's like the transition from um, the energy of the weekend into the week ahead. Everyone sleeps better after they do mm-hmm. yin. So it's just this almost beautiful addiction mm. you know something that's actually beneficial for you did you get into addiction. yoga through the vinyasa craze first and then found your way to yin or were you always a yinny definitely vinyasa yeah because interestingly enough when i found yin it wasn't it was you think it's not um popular now like no one even heard of it back mm. when i when i taught it mm. and i introduced um the first yin class in Bondi wow. to the studio that right. I was teaching at on Sunday nights and one person showed up, Damashala. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, definitely vinyasa first, but it was more of a traditional type of vinyasa, so like hatha, hatha mm-hmm. flow. Mm-hmm. And then I found yin a couple of years after. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, it is still an interesting um, – because even I've looked at doing a yin teacher training yeah. and it's less hours, you yes. know, it's so, it's so interesting yet it feels like it's, there's so much more to learn. So it's totally, but yet it's less. So it's interesting. It's even in the, in the yoga industry, it seems to be not as is respected the word, maybe taken as seriously. Yeah. I feel like it's not looked at as a, let me just choose my words here. It's, it's not looked at as a um, something – it's like something that you add to your foundation yes. already. It's yeah. not like a foundation yeah. type thing. Do you agree with that? I only practice yin at the moment. Yeah. So for, for me, it's, it's my foundational practice, but it definitely need, needs to be something I, – I studied 100 hours of yin – and I thought that that was amazing um, and that was enough. But it's definitely something that people need to understand is a completely different system. Mm-hmm. It works with meridians. It's got a um, Eastern Chinese. It's like Chinese meridian background rather mm-hmm. than Hindu, mm-hmm. um, Indian and Hindu. 
So it's a completely different, completely different practice. Mm. And the thing is, you don't have to technically have a certification mm-hmm. in Yin to teach Yin. Mm. So it's not there yet. Mm. Like it's still slowly, I'm not going to say slowly, it's quickly progressing. Mm-hmm. It's mm. becoming much more um, well-known. And needed. And needed. Exactly. It's like I have this thought about meditation Michael, uh, you can listen back to one of the very early podcasts that I have with an um, energy healer and a a bit of a mentor and a friend. He spoke about how he laughed and thought maybe meditation was created in India because it was it's so hectic. They needed to find a way to chill the fuck out. And I do believe that that that's what meditation and things like Yin are going to do for us in the future, if not already now, where it's not even going to be a choice it's actually going to be the way we survive totally totally there was this i met this um this guy at lululemon the other day let me just move this here a little bit i just want to make sure is that better yeah and he said to me that exact thing but he was talking about um raising kids he was like it will just be it's not going to be a question it'll just be what we do Mm. it's not oh i don't want to do this or i don't like this it's just what we're going to end up doing. Yes, yeah, so our kids, well, our kids, obviously, but other kids as yeah. well will also be like, we'll be telling them, you know, when we were younger, people didn't even want to meditate. And they'll be like, totally. oh, you're crazy. No, how do people survive? Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's true. It's interesting. And that's why I think we find ourselves in this funny time of that it isn't looked upon as survival yet. Mm-hmm. So people do it by choice. Then they've got all these people in between that are feeling so wide and lost and, it's it's just a it's an interesting transition phase. I I often feel like I'm quite connected with where we are as a as the world in my own personal life, and yes. I feel transitional now. And I think we the world is transitional. Totally, we're becoming way more. Um, that's why yoga. This is the thing. There's so many yoga studios, and they can keep opening, and they'll keep being people that want to go because the world is slowly catching on mm. to this whole thing like yoga is not only cool now it's actually it's getting more into corporate workplaces it's doing it's all that type of thing mm. and people are just catching on it's like the divide is slowly mm. closing in i want to talk to you about reiki and yes. your teachings and training and you're a reiki master you yes. teach reiki master courses yes yeah yes reiki courses yes could you explain to me or to people listening more importantly what how you would explain reiki not the technical term but what reiki work is yes and what brought you to believe it had power okay yes all right so reiki what does it do it's always funny when i answer i have to talk about this um because what I say to a lot of people normally when they ask about Reiki is I'm like, you just have to come in and experience it. Yeah. But I really want to be able to reach people that just don't buy into that. And they yeah, know. and that's what we want the podcast to be too, is that often these things already have people at a place that they're ready to sign up. So you, uh, yeah. you come to a time in your life, yeah. even if it's seeing someone like a psychic or moving to a place where you wouldn't have moved before. I don't believe yeah. in that. And then one day you go, maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah. But I think this home, I hope, on this show is trying to even get people a step before they're ready. Totally. And that's hard because everyone that comes into this studio yeah. does a lot of things that are built, which I think is stunning, not on vocab. Yep. 
So totally. here we go. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Reiki. Okay, so when we're born, we're born with um, what is it? The fear of falling and the fear of something. It's totally only two fears we're born with, right? And then as we go through life, all this stuff comes in. We start getting piled up with um, all of these emotions, all of these fears, all of these blocks, all of these beliefs, everything. And what those things do is when we're born, we're born, we talk about vibration, mm-hmm. frequency. Mm-hmm. When we're born, we're born pure, right? The intention is that we're born pure. And then life kind of comes in and puts all of these things on us. So Reiki, when you um, the easiest way to describe it is the vibration from when we're born. Mm-hmm. So it's this pure frequency, a very high vibrational frequency um, that isn't something that we teach people or I teach people it's all about taking them through a ceremony and a ritual where they remember that vibration within themselves mm. and it's all about waking that vibration back up mm. and you do that through so as a as a as a healer I'm a conduit so I basically um, we, you receive attunements in the training you go through theory you have to go through 21 days self-healing after the first level so it's all about getting you on that path back to connecting with that vibration Mm -hmm. so this vibration of reiki is everywhere it's in the trees it's in you and me it's in the ocean it's in it's in everyone and the intention is that when i'm in a session and i'm um holding space for someone to receive reiki my channel is clear Mm -hmm. so with what i eat with um, my practices that i do every day um with the words that I speak, the way that I live, my channel's as clear as it can be. So I can open and close a session. So by opening a session, it's all about inviting in that vibration. So mm-hmm. it's actually like a channel. Mm-hmm. You know, we have channels within us, mm-hmm. mental channels, frequencies, mm-hmm. pathways, that sort of thing. Also, I think it, and then that picture of, remember when the tallies used to tune in? Mm-hmm. You had to tune in to Wait, channels. That's exactly it. Think of it like that. That yeah. is, and it's so interesting, is that that's actually in the manuals that we teach. Oh, is it? They talk about that exact um, description right, okay. of it. And we've all got a frequency. It's just that a lot of us are on the fuzzy thing. Or in between yeah. or program somewhere else. Or, exactly, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So when I open a session, I call on Reiki by doing a specific... Um, ritual saying certain certain words certain hand movements and the reiki comes through me through the crown of my head and the beautiful thing about it is it fills me and then only once i'm full it overflows onto the person Mm. so i'm healed as i'm healing and that's Mm. why i love doing it Mm. love 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 doing it wouldn't i know right and it's one of these things i think a lot of people who go to healing sessions and i speak to people who come to sessions with me or trainings with me and it's not your own energy. You're using this universal energy of Reiki. And by doing that, it's not something that should deplete anyone. It's something that should always make you feel really full right. and really and, charged. And because the person that's potentially holding the space or running that sh- that particular space has to be full before it transfers. Exactly. Right. And this is, this is the thing that I love about Reiki. It's as the person who's holding the session... I'm in control of nothing. The second that I start to try and do anything or the second that I start to try and move anything, the Reiki stops. 
So the intention is, if I'm clean and clear in my mind, with the space I'm holding, um, if I'm free of fear and I'm fully trusting this channel, that's when it works the most. And that's when the reciprocant, the Healy, will get the most out of the session and that's when the channel will be its most clear. I think the really interesting part of that to really tie it into a lot of the conversations that I have on this show Mm. and if you are listening and have been an avid listener from the beginning of the year, you'll see a pattern that Mm. in conversation that happens around how we've really misinterpreted our power. So we understand that our power is in action, is in control, is in you taking the step, you taking the move. And personally, this has been my biggest life lesson and has happened over the past 18 months, which is in fact, that is, that's so ill-founded. And then in fact, it is actually letting go of all those Mm. things, which is where the power begins. Exactly as you just explained. Totally. 100%. And touching on that, if I may, in relation to healing sessions, and this is why... I feel like there is a shortage of really authentic, beautiful healers out there because, you know, the ones that probably this Michael guy that you've spoken of as well, whose name that I have heard, um, would would agree with this too, is it's like when someone comes into us for a session, all we're doing is holding space for them mm. to heal themselves the way that they know how to heal themselves so mm. that they leave knowing that they've done it. Mm. It's this empowering process and that's why I love Reiki mm. um, it it empowers the person to know that they are in and I say control in inverted commas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they're not you know one, no one is but it's completely up to them how open they are and mm. how much they can let go mm. and how much they can trust and be open to receiving whatever it is they need to receive which in turn the control comes from their ability to surrender and let go totally so, yeah, so that's yeah, where exactly. that connects Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Where does breath work come into this? Because I know that you are also a teacher of that and and I suppose two parts of this question is where does it come into your Reiki and or you as a healer? Yeah. And why do you think breath work is so underestimated? Okay. So Reiki, I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit of my um take on Reiki and breath work and what how I've progressed from Reiki to breath work with Reiki. So Reiki for me was, it's subtle yet powerful. So if people don't want to come and have a, you know, completely, if they want to come in and have a gentle experience, that's completely up to them. They can, that, that can happen. Breath work is a lot more dynamic. Mm -hmm. So breath work requires a lot more, um, discipline, Mm -hmm. a lot more work Mm -hmm. and a lot more effort and that's physically as well 
And a lot of people are attracted to that more because they like to feel like they're doing something, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and in saying that, the space that I hold with breath work is still quite, um, I'm going to say it's more gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like, I don't push people in breath work. It's there if they want it, but they have to do it. They've got to kind of mm-hmm. get themselves there. So breath work, the energy in our body, the prana, the chi is transported through the body through the breath so that's like the um the fuel behind Mm -hmm. the the energy so when i combine breath work and reiki it's more of an intense experience it's more it's it veers more on the intense side of things whereas reiki is is more gentle why do you think breath work is so underestimated i remember going to a nude yoga class yeah the first time i was going to write an article i've spoken about it a lot and it was the breath work naked that kind of got me thinking what the fuck i just was breathing it's Mm. just it opened up a bit more of a tantric uh, offering i suppose which then i had more interest in and led and was like wow i feel like i'm almost going to climax like there's something going on in my body and i'm just breathing like with no clothes on like it was just such an eye-opening experience yeah because I'd done so much yoga and I was like why has this shifted and that's the beginning point and I haven't even touched on really doing any of the work in in breath work specifically apart from some healing stuff with the tantric side or or trauma kind of healing yeah um but I could not believe how simple it was and how transformative yeah that experience was where is all the work? Like, why are we not doing this as a class? Like, how are there not breathwork classes at yoga studios? Like, I'm sure there are, you know, your one special day things. But this stuff is like, move shit fast. Fully. It is. It's totally. That's exactly it. It moves stuff really fast. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. Did you find the breathwork easy? Like, the physical part of it? It was really guided. Yeah. And it was a very, obviously, a very vulnerable safe setup space like there were what 30 women with no clothes on that are totally different so it wasn't your average kind of come in and start it was very held i guess held yeah um and you breathed for how long uh we did just really more of a flow but it was the breath build in that flow yeah that i started to feel different and felt transformed i don't know how else to explain it it was something that wasn't really explainable and it was just and i started to realize pleasure in my body that wasn't from this kind of sexual place that felt similar which is when i started to activate more of that feeling in my meditation so Mm. i was like oh my god it's not like you're having an orgasm when you meditate you're starting to realize other pleasure sources that aren't just tied to sex totally and the thing is but that's with breath exactly and the thing with breath to answer your question about why it's so underestimated is I think because a lot of people think it's so simple they almost think that it won't work yeah you know what I mean it's like what you just go in there and breathe which we're all guilty of to some degree like I think even people that practice it are still like in the heart of the moment when you're like I probably need to go and do some breath work you're like this isn't going to solve this job issue I have you know it's so easy to think that totally but the thing is, when we're all when we're stressed, and the majority of us are, are to some to some degree stressed, the breath is the first thing that 
shortens Mm. and you start to breathe up into your chest. And it's hard for people. I know that I've been breathing. I've breathed hundreds of hours and I still find it hard when Mm. I go to do it. Like it's, I find the physical part of it because we breathe for an hour in the sessions that I do in and out of the mouth. And it's a different way of breathing. And it's almost, you hit a lot of fear, Mm. like in that whole hour. And it's to think that your breath can be this mind altering, life changing thing. People don't believe it. And then they get into it and they start doing it and they get scared because they're like, whoa, this is so so intense. So it's just not, it's, it's not something they can prep for. And then when they're in it, they're just like, holy shit yeah and i think so much of our anxiety is led by shallow breathing yes that to unlock that which for some of us myself included has been happening since i was three yeah you know what i mean so that's a lot totally but it is i think the answer totally (laughs) totally and even think about a yoga class i will I'm a teacher, so I watch people and people just, they don't even know how to breathe deeply mm. and link their body. So their on breath. that, can you explain to everyone, and I do this in, I've, this is the only form of breath anything I do in mm. the coaching group, but I think it's such an incredible insight. Yeah. I just explain to people that we're breathing wrong. Yes. Can you explain to everyone listening what that is and what correct breathing is versus what most of us do from day to day as a breath. So if you were to inhale, most of us will go. (gasps) Totally. But actually we're kind of, we've been conditioned to kind of breathe incorrectly. Totally. I think the simplest way of, the simplest way of answering that is, um, because I want to kind of, I don't really want to say what's correct or what's not correct. Okay, yeah. But <laughs> you're like sure. But the 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 simplest way is we we don't use nearly half as much of our lungs. Mm-hmm. Like our lungs are there to 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 breathe. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of breath work is the lowest part of your lungs we rarely touch. So most of us breathe into our chest. So this idea of chest breathing mm-hmm. and belly breathing, mm-hmm. right? So the intention is that when we chest breathe, we're only breathing into the top part of our lungs and the lowest part of our lungs is just stagnant air and energy. Mm-hmm. It's just heaviness. Mm-hmm. And when we breathe the yogic breath, which they say is in the belly, mm-hmm. but it really just means that we're breathing all the way down to the lowest part of our lungs. Okay. Diaphragm's pushing down and the belly pushes out. That's when we start to use the full capacity of our lungs. And that's when we start to shift the stagnant air mm-hmm. in the bottom of the lungs. And air is energy. Mm-hmm. So that's when we start to, you know, when we feel stressed, the first thing we do is you see someone go, oh, just take a deep breath in and out. That's because it just needs to shift mm-hmm. the heaviness there. Mm-hmm. So full capacity of your lungs. When you use, when you can use the full capacity of your lungs, um, I'm all about slowing it down. So slowly and fully. That to me is correct, mm-hmm. correct breathing or mm-hmm. the way that I feel is the most beneficial way to breathe. And would that also include when you breathe into your stomach that it actually expands yes. rather than when you breathe in, you suck it in? Yes. So inhaling belly out, exhaling belly in. Okay. Say that again because I think everyone needs to hear this. Okay. So Totally. You're right. It is just people are like, what? So when you breathe in, 
your stomach should go out. So your diaphragm, this is this is the whole like anatomy and physiolo- physiology side of it. So your lungs expand, full capacity of lungs expand. So you breathe in, your chest will move a little bit, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but your belly, the whole lungs, diaphragm, bottom part of the lungs, diaphragm pushes down and then belly pushes out. So not actually breathing into your belly, you're breathing all the way down into your lungs, pushing your diaphragm down, which pushes your belly out. So the intention is you can even put your hand on your belly. The Mm -hmm. best thing to do is do that. And as you breathe in, you relax your belly and just let your belly move towards your hand. And as you exhale, you can draw your belly back in using your hand. And you'll need to do that a few times just to get that sensation happening. That new rhythm. Yeah, because we're so ingrained to do exactly what you said inhale belly in exhale belly out it was so and just to watch the girls the exercise they would be given from me just to do five minutes of that correct breathing every Mm -hmm. night was just they just were all they just still continue to come back and say it's just changed their entire mood totally totally Mm. and just those five simple um pranayam so Mm -hmm. in yoga they talk about it as pranayam um yeah it's life-changing, grounding. So when you discovered breath work, what shifted in your life? Was there anything personal that ended up coming up? That, oh, my God. What was the transformation for you? Everything, like everything. And the thing is, the training that I did, okay, so the first thing is the first time I did breath work, I hated it. Mm. And I didn't want to – I was like, this is stupid. Mm. I don't like it. Mm. I don't want to go back. And it was in Bali. And, and then, often a lot of us feel that when they're, when teachers are encouraging you to use your breath as you do a class. Totally. And it's like, you know, make sure you use your breath. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to survive getting my foot from here to here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, it's like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop but, telling me to breathe. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's the same deal, right? You straight totally. away resist it. It's instant <laughs> resistance. And the instant resistance, <laughs> and I say this to people, it's like, if you hate it, you need it. Yeah. Like... That's one of the sure ways. If it scares you, you need to do it. Mm. And that was what happened to me. I have to say, though, that the, it, it is about the person that's holding space for you too. There needs to be a massive element of trust. Otherwise, you just won't go there because yeah. you can go deep. Yeah. You can, and the, the thing is with breath work, you need to have that trust with the facilitator. You need to have the trust with the space and also within yourself because breath work, the breath work that I do, the transformational breathing, and all healing should be a full circle. Mm-hmm. So you should be able to go in, feel all of the shit, be scared, be completely in it, but know that the space that's being held for you will bring you back out. So mm-hmm. it's like the, the diving deep and then the repair stage to come out. So you should leave feeling grounded, feeling supported, and you should be able to go deeply into that healing session knowing that there's space to bring you back out again. Mm-hmm. So you're not just going to leave a complete mess. Like which, ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I've never done it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard stories. I feel like I will one day really soon. Well, I want to too, but I thought, will I not want to after I have a child? I don't know why I had mm. thought that. It's weird. I don't think so because you don't have a lobotomy. You can answer that. You yeah, don't totally. have a lobotomy, well, do you? You know what's interesting? No, you don't have a lobotomy. <laughs> but I wanted to do it before I had a child. Yeah. And then I felt pregnant and then I was like, okay, it's obviously not the right time. Uh-huh. And now I've come, my bub's six weeks old and I'm like, right. now's the right time. Well, I really want to do it. Yeah, because you also have 
experienced that full circle in the most epic way totally already so there's no yeah there's no other form of full circle experience than giving birth right totally i want to talk more about i guess the principles about of reiki and Mm -hmm. energy yeah and trying to paint a bit of a picture on i suppose what you see or feel when you're doing this work so well firstly do you see anything and are colors involved interesting so the different types of healing and there'll be people out there that don't agree with this but this is my belief so well i'm asking you yeah awesome yeah Yeah. so there's reiki as a form of healing and there's also shamanism Mm -hmm. like they're the two most common foundations of um healers out there Mm -hmm. and reiki one of the things i love about reiki is as i said before it's all about trusting that the 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 force of reiki goes wherever it needs to go and heals whatever needs healing Mm -hmm. shamanism there's a lot more um removing and putting in and Uh working with elements and doing that sort of thing so there's a lot more control kind of involved in in that in that side of things um so it's important to know with reiki the intention is it's effortless Mm -hmm. so I'm a conduit and Reiki does whatever it needs to do. I have mm-hmm. no control over it. Mm-hmm. I'm just a vessel. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, you start with Reiki. I start with Reiki and then people progress or I progress into being more of an intuitive healer. Mm. So Reiki's the foundation. Mm. But as you start doing Reiki and you start unlocking these channels and your channel becomes clear, you're able to communicate at a different level mm. in more of the celestial realm. And when you unlock that, with Reiki and it's separate from Reiki, you start to either see things or feel things or hear things. Mm. So there's clear, there's clear voyant, which mm-hmm. is seeing, mm-hmm. um, which involves colors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I assume, mm-hmm. I assume. Pictures and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's clear audio, which is more intuitive and I'm more that. Mm. So it's more of feelings that I get, like feelings of people being there, mm. not seeing them, but mm. more like, oh, Mm. there's something there i feel um, that yeah mm. most people are i'm mm. finding that more people are clear audio without even knowing that they are well, they just don't trust it it's something exactly yeah and oh, i just got goosebumps <laughs> and um so there's a lot of feeling people there and it's this thing this intuitive part of you that just is like i want to ask this person this sounds stupid, but I mm. want to ask you about mm. this. Mm. And you just have to trust that and you've got to mm. ask. And that builds your confidence. That builds a conversation that mm. happens with the mm. person that you're seeing. Rather mm. than telling them something, yeah. it's more asking them something and getting that conversation started. Yeah, which then sense. they sometimes will probably answer themselves. Always answer So themselves. you're still the vessel. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, babe. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. So that's what happens a lot with okay. me. Okay. Yeah, right. It's, it instigates conversations. Right. Yeah. With, with people and this because is because your channels are open too right so exactly right exactly and that's why I always keep my conversations with people who come to sessions for the end of the session mm-hmm. because they're more open and I'm more open and I always call in whoever needs to be mm-hmm. called in mm-hmm. and ask that we help are able to communicate clearly with each other mm. and so at the end of a session that's when it's like what does this mean to you? Or I felt this, or, you know, I felt like this person was here and they'll be like, yeah, it was this. And then they'll answer their own question and it will just be this. They've just healed 
his themselves. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. That was really well put too. Oh, thanks, babe. I got like a proper <laughs> I got like a proper picture. Okay, good. So, what about chakras? Okay. What should our baseline knowledge of chakras be and how can we use them to a better to, to our advantage better okay because there's just such a there's an idea like everybody's got that picture of the meditating man with all the mm. color circles so yeah. i guess we've got some kind of idea and i'll put a link to a photo in show notes if you haven't already seen that so let's just yeah. imagine we're at least building from that vision yeah but what what is it about are there particular chakras that in your experience or your knowledge, radiate things to uh, to connect with specific issues or specific parts of us yes. that if we had that knowledge, we might be able to at least be aware of things that yeah. come up? Yeah. Look, there, there are basically seven of the general chakras it's mm-hmm. it's like we talk about energy you can talk about everything so the best way to understand chakras or try to understand or get a basic kind of idea about chakras is there are seven parts of you right mm-hmm. so the intention is and so uh, remove away the body yes, for a second yes and let's just think about that's it yeah. exactly so there's seven there's seven okay we've got the physical body Mental body, emotional body, energy body as the main bodies. Uh-huh. And the energy body is generally made up or can be the, the foundation of the energy body can be in those seven Great. points yeah. that, are, that, are, um, that go from your perineum all the way up to the crown of your head. Mm-hmm. So from the base of your spine all the way up to the crown of your head. And there are seven different parts of you. Mm-hmm. So seven different... Um, seven different areas of your life Mm. so the root chakra is all about the sense of belonging Mm -hmm. right being rooted to the earth like like being here in the physical form um this idea of grounding the second one's all about and this is from my understanding creativity sexuality Mm -hmm. right the part of you that um really taps into that part within yourself the third chakra is all about personal power and um drive connection to who you are heart the heart chakra is the fourth chakra which is all about um courage and love Mm -hmm. the throat chakra which is the fifth one is all about communication which is not only um, speaking but also listening so it's a really beautiful one this we were just talking about the clear audio before that's a really big part of that one um the the third eye is the sixth the sixth chakra which is all about intuition and dreams so that's like your psychic your mm-hmm. psychic chakra mm-hmm. and the crown chakra is all about connecting you to reiki mm-hmm. i guess like mm-hmm. the the universal mm-hmm. the universal source so these seven chakras are all about they're parts of you in relation to the energy world mm-hmm. in relation to your vibration mm-hmm. and in relation to your frequency and you can hone in on the these different these seven different chakras um to unlock certain parts of you and most people who are put here on the earth work through them from the base up Mm -hmm. and there's very few people but there are some people really you know sages and stuff like that that work from the crown down Mm -hmm. so 
the intention is that it's an energetic journey, an energetic pathway. Um, and once they're all unlocked, and the thing is we have lifetimes, so mm-hmm. we might only get into one mm-hmm. chakra in this lifetime or the, the next two or whatever. Um, but the intention is that once you've connected to all of them, you connected from the earth to the sky, that's like samadhi, that's bliss. Mm. You know, you're able to, to, to channel energy and you know do all do all the basically work with it to its its full potential proper magic yeah proper yeah. magic yeah totally proper magic yeah oh wow okay yeah. i and so and those individual chakras are also connected to certain colors yes certain colors certain number of petals there's also visual flowers that are relation to those there's names for all of them uh-huh. um and Again, it's one of these things where a lot of us need structure, mm-hmm. I guess, to be mm-hmm. able to work through things that are intangible. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so by having names, colors, visuals, feelings about them, as humans, we're able to relate to them more. Yeah, okay. Right. And I think it is a really beautiful – I just had this thought. If you're a person looking to begin – it might not even be a self-care routine or a, a transformative experience. You just might be in a, a phase of your life where you're wanting to start fresh or wanting yeah. to really hone in to work through the chakras, like start from the base, as you said, the, yeah. you know, the grounding and begin there. It, that's a nice place to start. I just think one of the biggest questions or one of the biggest things holding a lot of us back, whether we've had self-care principles in the past, whether we've had routines, meditation plans, whatever – we can always get to points in our lives where we're like, I don't know where to start. Totally. So that's kind of a nice totally. thought to begin, even if you meditate and just radiate energy around that yes. base, you know? 100%. And that is, that's it. It's like sometimes we need um, something tangible to help give us a foundation so that we can explore this kind of stuff deeper, the energy yeah, world deeper. Totally. Yeah. That's so awesome. Wow. Thank I know. you for sharing. We'll put all of the details of where you can find Marja. With, she's starting all of her work again in bits and pieces yep. across the year, yep. um, her website and everything in show notes. Um, and thank you again. Thanks, beautiful. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.